Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 278 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Rebecca, Rebecca lives in Newburyport, Massachusetts, and she is a math professor there. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi. I'm so excited. Well, what kind of math do you teach? I'm just so curious, thinking back to my own college. We start at the lower level algebra, and then we teach all the way up to differential equations. I have not reached, because we all have our own niche, I work with the business students. So I teach the pre-calc up to business calculus. And then I work with a lot of my undergraduate is chemistry. So I also work a lot with the nursing majors. So I'll work with the math for the students that are doing, you know, math connected with the physio chem. And then I actually, I actually created a learning community 
for the nursing students called the Math Molecule, where we taught math and physiochem together. It was fun. Oh, I love that. Putting it all together because, you know, math is important in chemistry and especially for nurses as they're they're getting going in that. So I bet that's a lot of fun. I love math. Math was something I really loved teaching. Of course, mine was elementary math. I absolutely love it. I was a chemist for 10 years and then a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And I kind of just fell into helping out my kids' friends and my own kids and just found a tutoring job that was like eight hours a week and then absolutely fell in love with it and went back to graduate school in my 40s. I love that. So it's never too late. No, and this is the best job I've ever had in my life. And I don't plan on retiring until I'm past 70. I mean, I just love it. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? God, it's such a messy story. But Well, that you know, we all have messy stories, right? Well, it started in 2017. What was going on was I was dealing with a bunch of health issues prior to that. I had three big babies and had issues with that as well as I was I had surgeries for fibroids and endometriosis. And then I started getting some weird like joint pain and basically it was autoimmune issues. But at the time, nothing really stood out. And I was at a healthy weight. And my doctor was saying, you know, you're fine, but let's just run a test. And so I ended up coming out positive for the ANA teeter speed. It's an ANA test and a speckled test. And I went to see a rheumatologist and I also had Raynaud's. And initially she said, you have fibromyalgia. And I said, okay, but I had macular degeneration, so she couldn't give me medication because the medication would affect my eyes. And so I was struggling with that, but I also was just finishing up graduate school in 2016. So this is right prior to when I started. So in December of 2016, I had finished graduate school. I went in to have surgery for fibroids and endometriosis. And my doctor said, can we just put a Mirena in? My mom had cancer. She didn't want me to go with the hysterectomy. She said, I really want to go in and see what, what's going on, but I think that this might be a good move for you. So I said, okay. So it ended up that, you know, the fibroids were, were pretty bad, and that was my third surgery for that. But the endometriosis was on my bladder, my small intestines, my large intestines. It was throughout my body. So I was pretty confident when she did the Mirena. And within three months, I was miserable. My hormones were all over the place. And I had gained some weight. You know, that's interesting that you say that because, you know, I had a lot of things that went on in my body when I started gaining weight quickly. But one of the things right around that time, you know, I I quit taking the diet pills, among other things. But one of the things that I had during that time was a Mirena. I gained weight very quickly right after that. And when I Googled it and I did all the research, and I love my doctor, she's amazing. But when I did the research, you know, let me just say this. Anytime she tries something with me, she goes, oh, well, that's that's weird. That doesn't normally happen. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just me. Yeah. So I was really frustrated because, you know, I'm going to step back and say when I was a teenager, I had an eating disorder and the eating disorder was more that I think I started gaining some weight. Somebody told me about dieting and maybe 120 pounds and I dieted down to about 95 pounds. And Nobody seemed to notice. And how tall are you? Five foot four. Okay. So that's very small for five foot four. I was very, very thin. And nobody seemed to notice. And, you know, at that time in my life, there were things going on in my family and I definitely felt invisible. And so 
I went the opposite and I binged up to 155. And I was 153 when I was nine months pregnant. So I was, you know, I was big. My brother came home from college. He had just gone to UMass. He came home and he was like, he didn't recognize me. He was really upset by it. And then I guess I realized that it didn't matter. Life, you know, the thing was people recognized when I was fat. Like my dad told me, he's like, my friends think that you're fat now. And I was like, oh my God, like (laughs) that was when I got recognized, not when I was underweight. That's so interesting. So nobody noticed that you lost the weight, but as soon as you gained it, there it all was. And people noticed. I was 16 when I was that thin and I went to the doctors and they were trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And they said, your body's not making progesterone. You know, I wasn't going to tell them that I only ate a bagel a day, but, and then they told me I wasn't going to be able to have children. And I took progesterone pills every other month. And then I finally got a period. And then, you know, I went through this binging thing. I never made myself throw up. But I definitely, I think because I went from, I was this tiny little thing. I didn't have any female, like I didn't have breasts. I didn't, I was very, very tiny. And then I just exploded and I got stretch marks and everything. So I didn't get to enjoy those high school years of enjoying my body or even knowing what my body should have looked like. Oh, that makes sense. But here's what's so interesting. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it was a different time, but I don't know. I feel like a a teenager, a 16-year-old who's 95 pounds and not having a period, I feel like eating disorder would be the first thing a doctor would think about, right? I just remember I went in and they, the, whoever I saw was a little rough and said, oh, we can't use this equipment on you. You're too small. And then, so then they had to refer me to another doctor and it was just, it was a lot. I want to say it was probably the darkest time in my life and bringing back those memories. Well, I know because we just push it all down, right? You had that buried in there. So that was a really hard time for you. So that was a hard time. Went to college, did an eating disorder group on my own and got my life together and graduated from college and met my husband and he loves me. And he just, he's always saying to me, oh my God, you're so beautiful and you're so this and you're so that. When we got married, people would say to me, did you lose weight or did you do your hair different? And I was like, no, I'm just, I'm happy. I'm in love. And I've been with my husband now for, well, I've known him for 33 years, but I've been married. No, yeah, 33 years, but we've been married 31. And he's just a good guy and he loves me and I'm very blessed. So when we got married, I knew I wanted my children to have the security that I didn't feel. And I also wanted them to have a very healthy relationship with food. So I just put on my mama hat and I played that role and I raised my kids and they have very healthy relationships with food. And I pretended that I was okay. And I exercised regularly. I maintained my weight at 130. As I said, I would get to 153 for pregnancies, except for the first, because I had a miscarriage. So before Pat. So I had, I don't know you saying names here, but anyway, so I kept it under control, but I didn't appreciate myself. And I didn't think that I always thought other people had something more than I had, or that they looked better. I was constantly comparing and not comparing in a way where I was, I'm better than you, or I'm jealous of you. Am I good enough? So, but as a mother, I knew that I was a great mother. I loved being a mom. I protected my kids. And I my focus was my kids and my husband. And I feel really proud of what I have done. And my kids are just amazing. They've all graduated from college. And, you know, I just feel really blessed. But what happened was I was going through all this stuff. 
I went to graduate school right before Patrick graduated from high school, my oldest, and I wanted to start working at the college. And I was lucky enough to get the job at the college, you know, which is just, it's very challenging to get a position, a faculty position, but I've been working there for years and kind of, they knew my, they, they knew my work ethic and they knew, they knew me. So Patrick got engaged in 2017 in the fall. So that was 2016, December, I had the surgery, March, 2017, I had the marina taken out and I was battling to get my weight back. And I was going to the gym an hour and a half a day, six days a week, lifting, running. And I was, I was strong, but I don't normally weigh myself because I know that that's a trigger for me. And so I didn't have an idea of what I weighed, but I thought I was okay. But with Pat getting married, I was like, okay, let's get in the scale. So I went to the gym and I got in the scale and I remember being so freaked out by the number. And I went to Bed Bath & Beyond and I started pulling scales down and stepping <laughs> on them. And I was like, oh my God, what This happened? one can't like, be right. <laughs> I was stunned. So I think I was 144, which doesn't seem like a lot, but my goal has always been to be under 130, like 125, because I think that's what I was in high school before I started the whole mess. So right around that time, my husband watched some documentary by Michael Mosley, The 5-2 Diet. And I read it and I looked at all, you know, the scientific background and how his test results came out amazing after he did the 5-2. And then of course, you know, dug deeper and started reading about intermittent fasting. I hadn't found you yet. And then I thought, all right, I'm going to do both. I'm going to do 16-8 and (laughs) 5-2. So you're not doing anything halfway. You're going to do everything. And so what plan were you, like when you say you were going to do both, the 16-8, was that going to be on the five days? No, I did 16-8 every day. Right. So I would start eating at 12 and stop eating before eight. And then two of those seven days, I would only eat 500 calories for dinner. And that would be it. What I noticed one was I was doing small bits before, like I'd have a protein bar in the morning. I'd have a yogurt at lunch. And I'd eat very minimal at dinner. So I was not eating a lot. I was just eating little bits. So you were really over-restricting. Yeah. And I was ha- I'd have cream in my coffee with sugar. My husband would joke because I went from cream and sugar to no sugar to 17 skim milks. He was like, please don't make me go to Dunkin' Donuts and ask for 17 skim milks. <laughs> So, I don't even know what that is. 17 skim milk? Yeah, I wanted 17 hits of skim milk. And I had to like dilute that down, but I wanted not to have the fat. But anyways, yeah, a little cray-cray. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress 
vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So... By in three months, I lost the weight and I got down to 130. And then my good friend who I love dearly, I won't say her name, but she was working out with me and she's like, she kept telling me I was crazy. And then she decided to do it. Well, she does the 16-8 without the 5-2 and drops maybe 25 pounds. And we're the same height. and We started at the same weight. And then the comparison thing comes in where I'm like, why isn't this working for me? And why did it work for her? And you know, what's wrong with me? And and I just didn't have a good sense of who I was or even appreciating my body. But you had lost 14 pounds. Right. And so then my son's wedding was coming up and I decided to do the extended day fast, but I didn't do them the way you wanted me to do them. And you had still not found me at this point? I read every single book and I read- Delay, don't deny. I read Delay, don't deny. So now I've read them all, but I think I had to go back and reread. Sometimes I think you're just so excited for information that you read what you want to read. Well, yeah. Yes, that's exactly true. Like when I went back and read the T-Factor diet decades later and realized he wanted you to eat real food that was low in fat and not Snackwells and SpaghettiOs. I don't know. I was like, oh, count fat grams. Got it. Snackwells, zero. SpaghettiOs, zero. Woo. That is not what the T-Factor diet was. I wanted to tell you the one thing I did notice, I remember going to the gym when I, when I first started it and telling my friend, this is amazing. I feel amazing. And it was like four o'clock. She said, you haven't eaten yet. I said, no, but something's going on. Like I feel really, really good. And I always teach fasted. If I eat, I'm like ready to go to sleep. My students tell me I have crazy energy and I do. Yeah, I'm fasted right now. Are you still in the fasted state or have you eaten yet? Mm -mm, I'm fasted. Me too. And we're recording this. It's 439 and PM. So <laughs> I'm going to eat later. So you said you got started in some longer fasts. Yeah. So in right before my son's wedding in July of 2017, 2017, and this is where the eating disorder started waking up because I did it quietly where nobody knew. So I'd stop eating on Sunday and then I wouldn't eat Monday and then I would eat Tuesday for dinner. Okay. So you were doing fast long, as I talk about in Fast Feast Repeat, and of course that wasn't in Delay Don't Deny because 
I didn't know as much at that point until watching people. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to name the community, but there is one prominent fasting person out there who <laughs> has a, a quote, you know, there is no upper limit on fasting. And I strongly disagree with that quote. I do think that you can overdo fasting, but in fast, feast, repeat, you know, that's where I came up with the idea of, you know, we're not in the fasting Olympics because more is not always better, especially with fasting. And when I say more is not always better, more is not ever better when you start fasting and fasting and fasting like that. You know, I'm sitting here holding on and I can still feel the tears because... But we get caught up in it. And there are communities with with well-respected people who I admire and who have brought a lot of focus and good information to the fasting world. But I think that in some of those communities, the fasts are just longer than is healthy for our bodies and emotionally. Well, and I want to say the reason why, one of the main reasons I wanted to come on is because I have read so many people say, if you have an eating disorder, don't practice intermittent fasting. And I'm here to say intermittent fasting is what helped cure my eating disorder. I think the caveat is, if you have an eating disorder, don't do intermittent fasting unless you are under the care of a counselor and you're getting the help that you need and you have to proceed with caution. So you were you were kind of spiraling down. You felt that you said your eating disorder was building and you were fasting for a long time. Right. So I would do two extended fasts a week and I was eating very minimalistic and I got down to 122 by the time my son's wedding came. I still didn't know that I looked good. Other people told me I was later said they thought I looked too thin. After the wedding, we went on vacation and then I started gaining weight. Not a ton. Obviously, I went from 122. I don't think I've ever popped up higher than 134, but Basically, my weight would just keep 130 in that 130 range is where my body wants to be. But I was panicking and I wasn't making the good decisions and I wasn't doing the windows that I was doing before. And my autoimmune system went crazy. What you were doing was not good for your body at that time. You were doing too much, over-restricting and fasting too much. And this this is, I think, a really valuable story because I think a lot of people have gone down the road and you like you just said you hear what you want to hear and you end up perhaps in a fasting community that says it's okay to put cream in your coffee and fast for three days in a row twice a week or you know and that's just too much our bodies can't handle it I love these videos and these stories because I have so many friends that I've turned on to this and I'm always laughing because I'm like y'all lost more weight than me but we all have a story and I think that I thought I was alone and I'm not alone. There are so many people that, but if you saw me, you would never think that I had a, a problem. And raising my children, I didn't think I had a problem, but I realized that I wasn't happy in my own body where now I respect and appreciate my body. But what happened was that just, so my son got married in August. By December, I was depressed. I was going to bed early. I was having periods that lasted two weeks. I was having heavy bleeding. I started getting bladder infections, then also interstitial cystitis, which was another symptom. So I did what I knew to do, and then went back to fasting. But I only did 16-8. So you had actually stopped fasting for a while in there. I don't know if I stopped, but I wasn't, I was muted. I don't even know. I know that I was doing it, but there was a lot of emotions in it where I don't think you should attach any emotions to it. 
And I was looking at what everybody else was doing. And I'm like, well, why can my dearest friend who lost 25 pounds so fast eat this and eat that and I can't eat this? And, and then if I saw her doing something, I would try and mimic it. And I wasn't listening to myself. I wasn't paying attention. And I really feel like at 56 now, my body has been trying to tell me stuff for a long time. And I just haven't been listening because I've always thought that somebody knew something more than I did. Oh, about your body even, right? Yeah. And I mean, I'd look at, you know, oh, what, you know, it, people talk about mortgages or, or retirement or their children. I would just be like, oh, should I be doing that? Is that, you know, like I didn't trust myself. And as a mother, I started to trust myself. But definitely when it came to seeing myself for who I was because of that eating disorder. So anyways, what happened was I got, as soon as I started, I was like emotionally felt better. By March, my periods were amazing. So you were doing 16-8 and you were nourishing your body better and you weren't doing the long fast and you weren't overly restricting. You settled into a pattern that was 16-8, gentle for your body, and you started to get better. I don't want to get into all the different things where, because this is a long story, but you know, I end up finding out that I have Sjogren's syndrome because, you know, I think I started having like autoimmune issues in my late thirties. I had rain odds and then just different things started happening. And then I started getting interstitial cystitis, which is basically like bladder infections, but you don't test positive for it. Uh, you're just in a lot of pain because your body's attacking the inner lining of your bladder. I got hives anytime I went through stress. There was a lot of things, but by fasting, boom, they all went away. So it does sound like you had a lot of, of stuff going on with your immune system, just overreacting to everything. The hives, I had that when I was really inflamed. There was a period of time when I was getting hives just all the time. And it's like, what is happening? And my allergies were so bad. And now, gosh, I can't even think of the last time I've had hives. I mean, 2009, I don't know, way before intermittent fasting. So you were just like in a hyper response all the time. And the more I read, you always hear there's so many people with autoimmune issues. And I think we've created them. Nobody in my family has an autoimmune issue. So basically what happened was this has been a long process for me because I've been comparing. And, you know, I have my closest friends, one lost 25 pounds, one lost 45 pounds, one lost 20 pounds. My husband lost 50 pounds. I didn't need to lose the weight, but for some reason, I felt I was below the bar because all I lost was 14 pounds. See, and that's, you know, that saying, comparison is the thief of joy, right? I mean, if you had lost 50 pounds, you would have to be hospitalized because that would be below a weight that an adult body of your size could sustain. So like in your head, you know, especially as a math professor, that you can't just compare those numbers. You can't compare your 14 to your husband's 50 or your friend's 25. But there's still that that part of you, that that 16-year-old little girl that had the eating disorder that said, well, am I going to be 95 or am I going to be 155? Or when will I feel like I'm right in my body? I feel like things happen for a reason. And I ran into a colleague and her friend it was a therapist and she gave me her name. I wouldn't have ever thought that I would see a therapist because I thought I was stronger than that. And I think I've seen this woman maybe 10 times. She's amazing. And she really helped me understand that one, the eating disorder had nothing to do with my body size. It more had to do with things that happened to me as a child. She had me focus on that. She also taught me that, that basically 
the strategies I used as a child are what helped me get through my first 18 years. And I was trying to practice them now and they weren't working. And then on top of that, because I went through that at such a young age, that was ingrained. Like I have to break that. I have to change something because that's my go-to. We all have that. I'm learning that now even more and more after listening to Joe Dispenza and reading his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. We have these like these programs in our brain that we install from childhood on as we're, we're living our life experience. And, and you're right. You're just running those programs and learning how to change the programming is not easy. First, we have to be aware that we're doing it. And I think that when I got really anxious or worried about something, that I used to call it my fat and ugly modes. I was like convinced that I looked fat and I was unattractive and my hair wasn't good. I mean, I would find whatever. And my husband, I think I drove him insane, but nobody else knew because I was quietly, you know, just doing my thing. And I really feel, I don't think I would have seen a therapist if it wasn't for intermittent fasting. I don't think I would have been able to sell my house and shrink down to a house that's a third the size and get rid of five dumpsters worth of stuff, minimize my life. And even the people that I'm friends with, I feel like I have a smaller circle, but these people would kill for me and they bring me so much joy and that's all I need. You know, we we really do see it going to all areas of our life. You know, we minimize, we simplify, we have our eating windows shrunk down. And so we have the food must be window worthy. The people must be life worthy. Your belongings must be house worthy, right? And I was even, I still was frustrated that I couldn't get under 130. And I started when we first started talking saying, I'm really sorry for all those crazy messages I sent you on Facebook, because I am a little embarrassed. Look, I'm just going to tell you, this is back in the Facebook days, you were in the Facebook groups. And there, I mean, there were by the time I left Facebook, we had almost 500,000 combined members in the groups. And so I got so many messages. As long as you were not the person that told me you were going to haunt me from ghost accounts until the day I died, you're, I don't remember her. <laughs> that person, though, I remember her. I will never forget her. She was crazy. I loved all. I, I walked to your videos. Sometimes I don't want to walk with friends because I just want to. You want to listen to this podcast? Yeah. And I, I mean, even being a slave at the gym, like COVID hit and uh, I couldn't go to the gym. And guess what? I started walking all the time and I wasn't lifting. And now I go to the gym, but I went to the gym today for 20 minutes. I just did some lifting just because I do have some bone density issues, but I actually do what makes me happy. I don't do what I think I have to do. And I love to walk. Like we went hiking on Friday and I did seven and a half miles in the mountains. and It was amazing. And that's what fills my heart. But I don't do things like my dearest friend, who lost the 25 pounds, she works out regularly and she lifts and she's hardcore. But that was her. That wasn't me. And I think seeing the therapist, I think the fasting and list, my body was screaming at me. And so I, I just started paying attention. And then in January of this past year, I got COVID. Of 2021 or 2022? 2022, this January. And uh, didn't think much about it, but went to see the doctor like two or three weeks later. Oh, since I started fasting, I opened my world up to the things I want. We've gone to Europe, I think, maybe five times. I've been to Ireland twice. I've been to Italy, Spain, Paris, England. Like we just are, we are living our best life. I really think a lot of this has to do with, I'm just getting a clearer mind. 
and the confidence is there. And it has nothing to do with your body. It just has you realize like that we just make things too complicated. It's like when you first start getting married, and I'm looking, I'm thinking, oh my God, they're getting a bigger house. Oh, they're putting a pool in. Oh, they're building on their deck. Like, you know, we don't need any of that. That's true. That's when you really, like like you said, you simplify and minimize in all the areas of your life. And fasting, that, that noise is gone. You know, you're not trying to like think about your diet anymore. And you're not trying to, you're not obsessed with it. You're like, oh, my window's closed. And then you can just live. So I now fast for 20 hours a day. I will never go to extended day fasting because I know that that's just not a healthy place for me. But I will tell you going into January, I still was looking at my friends and saying, well, how do they eat that? And they don't exercise or I still was doing that comparison. And I still, you know, I was having some back pain, but I had three big boys. I have three hernia discs. I mean, there were still some certain things that I was, I still was looking at other people. So when I got COVID, I went to the OBGYN for my annual and at this point, I never looked at the scale and I had bacteria vaginosis, which I had never heard of. And she put me on an antibiotic and, oh, I had a bladder infection and then I got a yeast infection and this cycled for the last nine months. My last bacteria vaginosis was a couple of weeks ago. Okay. So do you think that COVID changed some of the... Yeah. My doctor felt that because I have Sjogren's, and because the areas that are my struggle with Sjogren's are what started having issues. But I also was taking a ton of antibiotics. I just started digging deeper and saying, okay, what is going on? And I talked to my doctor. I said, I need to take a break and I'm not going to take another antibiotic. And I started doing more reading and about the food. Now, I know sugars. I know alcohol's not good for you. But in my little four-hour window... I would have my, say, my yogurt with my granola and my dried cranberries. And then I would have my dinner and it would be a salad. I'm a vegetarian, but I would put like it would be a bunch of vegetables, but then I put poppy seed dressing on it. And maybe I put a veggie burger in it and I put chutney on it. And then I'd have a roll with butter and I'd have a glass of wine. And when I looked at everything I was eating and I started reading about gut health and gut health is related to why, you know, it affects the bacteria down below as well. I started realizing that like all these things that I'm eating, oh, and I allow myself dessert every night too. (laughs) (laughs) So alcohol, sugar, bread, sugar, and surprisingly not honey or maple syrup, which I don't like, and like bakery goods, they're all acidic. And that is what causes bad gut health. You were not feeding your gut bacteria the food that they needed to thrive. Instead, you were feeding things that would foster an unhealthy gut microbiome. Even though I thought I was eating really healthy, like one piece of bread, you know, but the more I read, I realized that it was a lot of acidic. And also I wasn't listening. Like for the last four years, I would tell my friend, I have a really bad headache every time I drink wine, but every night I'd be like, I'm going to have a glass of wine. Maybe three weeks ago, I think it was, I said, okay, I talked to my doctor and I'm like, cut this out, cut this out. She goes, no. She said, maybe on weekends, you can allow yourself some wine or allow yourself a dessert, but just don't go in so strong. So that was my plan. And then the more I read, I was like, okay, well, I probably should cut out the bread. I started adding steel oats because that's supposed to be good. I started adding bananas and more fermented food. And the biggest one that made the largest impact on my body 
as a vegetarian is bone broth. Okay. So you put in some bone broth and you think that's really had a lot of benefit. I have a cup. I break my fast with a cup and then I take the remainder of the second cup and I make some kind of soup with it. And it is amazing. So I feel like what happened was that by changing that, I'm no longer craving that sugar anymore. Yeah, because our gut does cause cravings. The Whatever lives in your gut sends signals to your brain about what it wants you to eat. So if you're eating a lot of ultra-processed foods and sugar, it's craving that, and it, that's driving your cravings. I've taught my gut to crave beans. <laughs> I just really – I think it's a good time that we're talking, and I'm sure that I'm going to have another issue. I mean, I just – I went through menopause at 54, so – that was another thing. So once I went through menopause, then my weight would creep up to 134. And I really was having issues with that. And so I just put the scale away. I, I finally listened to another thing. I didn't listen. And I mean, I remember my last two doctors went with the OBGYN and my primary care. I'm like, are you sure I don't need to lose weight? And they're like, no, you're good. I was like, okay. So it's been a long path, but I think as much as I'm really, really not happy this past year that I have been on this many, and I mean, they tried different antibiotics. They put me on nerve pain medication because it was so in pain down there. They tried one medicine that gabapentin that made me feel depressed. I only stayed it on for two weeks. You just went through menopause at 54, so it hasn't been that long. Have you talked to your doctor about hormone replacement therapy yet? Because a lot of the down there pain and things like that can be related to your changing female hormones. So we actually, we started that when I first got diagnosed with the, the BV. Now I'm like, I'm in, it's BV. And now I'm taking it. I do it vaginally because I know personally, I've never been any, I, I tried the pill once when I was younger and then I tried the marina. I don't want it going through my system. And this seems to work for me. And she told me it's super, super healthy down there. It's just on the very too much information, but it's not, it's a very healthy inside. Let me put it that way. That's good to hear. I just wondered, you know, I wanted to go back to something that you said that I was like, I got to come back to this. And it was when you were talking about, you met your therapist and you had the thought, I don't need a therapist. I'm stronger than that. And I, I wanted to really dig into those words because that's a lie we tell ourselves is that we can handle anything that comes our way. And so I think probably a lot of your struggles were you trying to control things that felt out of control from your weight to what the neighbors had and all of that. And, you know, I, I think that anybody who has a hunch that they might benefit from going to a therapist, you would benefit from going to a therapist. I wish I went earlier. And I know I'm a strong woman and I have so much to be thankful for. And I was so busy always chasing something. Going to a therapist doesn't mean you're not strong. I think you have to be strong enough to admit that someone could help you. I think that's strength, right? It's a fake kind of strong when we think we have to handle it all ourselves. When I came, was coming on, my husband said, make sure you let her speak. <laughs> <laughs> so I tend to just go on really strong, which works well as a professor in college teaching, but because I own my classroom and I get to say everything I want. And I probably shared way too much for anybody that knows me to know all this stuff. But I just feel that I wish I went earlier 
but maybe I wasn't ready. I don't know. But I think the biggest thing is, is when I was comparing, I want to clarify, I wasn't comparing because I wanted to be better. I was comparing because I wanted to be status quo. And when we moved here, I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll get this paid off when I'm 70. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm constantly looking forward and not being present in my life. And I don't know. I just, I feel like fasting was the beginning of, it came at a good time. My, my kids all started graduating from college. I was done being a mom and it was time to focus on me and my husband and our life. And now the bone broth has made a huge difference. And, you know, I'm still working out some kinks, but I'm not on an antibiotic. Oh, good. You're, you focused on healing your gut and it is repaying you with being healthy. I have skin cancer. Again, I had 24 stitches here, and 18 stitches here. And this one, I'm, I'm having skin cancer uh, surgery again, but it's a little bit more, they're going to actually have to do like a flap of skin for my cheek and cut it out of my nose and then rebuild. And I'll have to see a plastic surgeon. And I have, I'm not even worried about it. Like, I'm like, okay, my body is going to take care of this. And my fasting is going to help me. I had toe fungus on my right toe that went away within <laughs> six months. of me That's fasting. awesome. I've heard that from a lot of people, the toenail fungus. Yeah. I just think mental health, I'm a strong woman and I don't think a lot of people would know that I was struggling with my inner person. And I'm so happy that I've gone through this. And I'm so glad that I waited five years to talk to you. I can't believe it's been five years. Yeah, I do. I get choked up. I'm like, it's... It changed a lot of things. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things that I've really, that I've taken. There's one thing, and if anybody could, wants to use it, is... If you're really being hard on yourself, envision either a child that you love or, you know, a, a sibling or even envision yourself as a small child. And if you made a mistake, you know, if I made a mistake and I saw myself as a six-year-old, would I say, you know, you idiot and you should be stronger? No, I would pick myself up and I would hug me and I would love myself. And that's what I've learned to do through fasting, this whole process. and then. The other thing I read, which I thought was amazing, was I'm always looking forward and I always come up with a reason to worry. So my two worries were, I want to weigh 125 and I don't <laughs> want to have a mortgage, right? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, if that happened, my world would be beautiful. But I know going back to high school when I was the tiniest I've ever been, it wasn't beautiful. It doesn't. Right? There's, there's no magic that just fixes everything, right? Right. So the recommendation was just pretend that it happened, how would you feel? And I'm like, I feel great, but not only would I feel great, my life wouldn't be any different. I still would want to be a math professor. I still would want to be with my husband. I still want to live where I live. I would not want to change one thing in my life. So the recommendation is just to pretend whatever your anxieties are, pretend they don't exist anymore. Pretend, so for me, my mortgage is paid off and I weigh 125. There you go. I love that. Now, it, it's interesting. I heard something recently that really just struck me. And we tend to struggle with living in the past or living in the future. And if you're living in the past, you tend to be depressed. You're always worried about what happened in the past, what could have been different. That leads to so much depression. Whereas you were talking about living in the future gave you anxiety and you were anxious about the future and instead live in the present. That's the only time we have really is the present. Yeah, we did a, a thing at work where 
they try to find out your traits. And mine was futuristic. And I was talking to somebody else. One of mine was futuristic. And somebody else was past. And I was like, the past? The past has happened. Like, who cares about the past? My husband, Chad, is like obsessed with the, the past. And like, we should have, we should have, we should have. I'm like, yeah, but we didn't. Move on. Don't say that anymore. Stop it. <laughs> and I do love goals. Like, goals inspire me. I'm like, oh, I'll do this. I'll do that. But now my goal is to be the best me and be present today and be the best mom and be the best wife and the best friend. But know that I'm bringing something to the table of value. and. I mean, when I was talking to my therapist, this is one thing I said, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but it hit me. The reason why I couldn't see that I was beautiful for who I was is because there wasn't anybody that looked like me. And the only way I knew how to judge things is through comparing. And that comes from childhood experiences. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And that's okay. Like I should embrace the things that, that I have and love the person that I am. And I really feel that I do that now. Am I hundred percent? No issues. Absolutely not. No, we're always going to have issues, right? Jen Stevens has got issues, people. <laughs> it's just understanding them and racing them. And I think I have a really good life and I'm, I'm so thankful to you for honesty and not making things, you know, bringing the fact that you brought out, like, I have a, a very dear person in my life who actually was saying, you have to talk to Jen, who has struggled with depression. And this has helped her. I have my husband who has diabetes and different things, and he's lost 50 pounds. I have so many people that I love that have different struggles. And I'll say, okay, listen to Jen Stevens' podcast because there's a story for you. Like, I was so happy to find somebody that had an autoimmune issue. It was made me happy to find out that I wasn't the only person that only lost 10 or, you know, 14 pounds. Right. And I think that, I mean, I'm still getting better, definitely embracing the bone broth. My whole vegetarian thing is I just never like chewing meat. So that's okay. I mean, I'm still a work in progress, but I feel pretty good. And, um, I just want to thank you. Well, I'm really grateful to have the chance to do this work because as a teacher yourself, you know how great it feels to teach something that helps other people. And so I just want to teach people about intermittent fasting. So, But you've impacted so many people. It's mind-blowing. It really is a little bit mind-blowing. <laughs> it is. But you're doing it in such a kind and genuine way. And you're, you are a good listener. I don't know. I just, I will never tire of listening to those podcasts. Well, thank you. I love doing them. And there's always something new in every episode that comes out. You know, I mean, there's so many stories every day. People email me every day and, and don't stop emailing me, everybody. 
<laughs> because everyone thinks, you know, they might think, well, does my story have anything new to add? Yes, it does. And and like like your story today, Rebecca, your journey is nobody else's journey. And I think one of the biggest things, one of the, the theme of your episode is, again, like we said earlier, comparison is the thief of joy. And you had to figure out what you had benefited from with the fasting. And it wasn't 50 pounds or 45 pounds, but you didn't need to lose those pounds, that many pounds. It was becoming more comfortable in your own body, developing confidence, knowing that you could live a life that felt good and you didn't have to push it, push it, push it. I think I really want people that have eating disorders to know that if you listen and you read the books and read them maybe more than once and look for the, the fine detail. And there's so much noise out there now. I mean, as a teacher at a college, I put a lot of love into all my students because I see how much more the struggle is for them than it was when I was their age. And especially with Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat. And it's very challenging growing up in these times. And I think that my students would be surprised to know that I, I had this struggle. And I want people to know that there you can get better from this. And even though I put it away and, and I lived a healthy lifestyle, I don't think I appreciated myself until I got to this point. I really, 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 really want to thank you. And I feel good. And you know what? I'm not, I haven't figured it all out, but I realized I can't put dried cranberries. I was putting dried cranberries and nuts and all that stuff. In my yogurt and in my salad, even if I eat it. I don't know. That sounds pretty delicious to oh me. Oh, my God. <laughs> but too much sugar for my gut. Too much for your gut. I would have wine and then I would put the, yeah, I like sweet things, but I've changed my palate. It only took like two weeks where now I'm okay. Like I'm not craving the sweetness as much. It really does happen quickly when you, you and we can change our gut microbiome pretty quickly. So is there anything that you struggle with now? You mentioned you're overcoming your sweet tooth. Anything else that you struggle with? I just think, I think everyone should realize that this is a continual path. This is not a diet, a hundred percent, not a diet. This is a lifestyle and you need to make sure that you focus on your body and what works for you. And not just, I mean, in my case, it was pretty severe, the reactions I would get, but how do you feel? It doesn't make you happy. And I mean, I would watch my one of my closest friends. She doesn't drink. She doesn't like drinking. But I would feel that pressure where she would just walk in and just not drink and stop overthinking everything. I said to her, oh, my God, we went to a bar and we had nachos. And, and, but I didn't want to drink, but I felt guilty, so I had a glass of wine. She goes, you don't have to do that, Rebecca. She goes, just tip heavier. I'm like, you're brilliant. Like, I never yeah. thought of that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I want to go out. I mean, I want to eat as much and spend as much. But if you use the table, you know, you can just show your server your appreciation. We don't have to order something that we think that they want us to order. You are there ordering what you want to order. No more, no less. Yeah. And I was definitely a people pleaser, but definitely lifestyle. Stop looking at what everybody else is doing and really try and hear yourself. Whether it's, you know, what you want to eat, what you want to do. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a much better healthier place. And I'm stoked because hopefully I'll be a grandmother soon and I'll oh, be that's like exciting. super grounded grandma. I don't yeah, know. I love it. No pressure. No, <laughs> none at all. 
<laughs> I know. I'm like, I'll be a great grandmother. Oh, by great, I don't mean great grandmother. I mean, wonderful, a wonderful grandmother when it's ready, when the time is right, right? I sent a text to my son last night and I said, I just looked up names for grandmother. I saw cha-cha. I think it's great. It's like, it's like chocolate. I love chocolate. And he's like, no, why can't you just be grandma? I'm like, I don't want to be grandma. I know. There's so many crazy names now. Or I don't want to say crazy, creative names. Let's just say creative. 50 names. 50 Fun names. names. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that many existed. Like, I feel like I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just going to be like grandmama. So can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you feel like this is your best job or do you feel like, is it, I mean, it's two different jobs, but I feel like you, it doesn't mean one is better than the other. You mean like this versus when I was a school teacher? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of fun being a school teacher because I love kids, but what I don't like is issues and problems and administration. I can just go right out and say it. I don't like administration. I don't like what's going on at the board office or I don't like any of that. The politics of working in a school system. And I realize in hindsight that I worked in a very toxic environment. You know, you've probably heard the phrase toxic positivity. That it, it was full of that. And so teachers everywhere, you're, you're listening to me. It's like, like, what is it? Stockholm syndrome. You don't realize that until you're released, you know, you're like identifying with your captors. I feel like that very much now about education. I loved teaching children. Like I still do. I, you know, I could talk to any child anywhere, children on the beach and I'm teaching them stuff, random kids. I mean, I love to talk to children, but schools are very toxic now because you're told to take on more and more responsibility and it's for the kids and the teachers are not valued and you can't say no. You're like, what do you mean you don't want to come to a glow run at 9 p.m. on a Friday night and you live 30 minutes away and you're not going to get home till 10 p.m. and you worked all week? It's for the kids, you monster. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. You know, I <laughs> But you're not allowed to say no if you're a teacher because if you were a good, sweet nice teacher, you would say yes to everything and you'd be cheerful about it. So I hope that that changes, you know, and and teachers are just expected to sacrifice and give and give and give till they don't have any more to give. So there's my TED talk. I think what's nice is just like me, I was a chemist for 10 years and then a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And then I kind of fell into this and this is my dream job. I love it. Is that, and I went back to school in my forties. So I, you know, it's nice to know that your career is not set in stone. I always tell my sons that like, like just get the degree and then figure it out. And then, and then you can just go from there, but you are making an impact. And I think that women, like when I think about my mom and my mother-in-law, they put so much pressure on themselves and they gave so much and we didn't really have women's voices weren't heard. And every day now you're doing it twice. I mean, every week now you're doing it twice a week. We're hearing women's voices and we're hearing women saying every woman that there's women from restaurants and there's there's so many women that just do these amazing things. And they but they have these struggles that we all have. And and you're highlighting that so beautifully and showing us that we have more power than we know. Oh, well, thank you. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started in one minute or less? One, be kind to yourself and listen to yourself and love the person that you are now and not who you want to be in the future. And by the way, I hadn't weighed myself in a year 
I might as well just weigh myself. Guess what? I weigh 128. So I'm oh under 130. God. And I was like, oh God, I got to just check it. So you didn't weigh yourself in a year and your weight did not go crazy, out of control. I actually haven't weighed myself since three years. Three years and then you weighed and it was 128. Yeah. I go to the doctors and I stand on the scale backwards and I just say, don't tell me what I weigh and let me know if I need to be concerned. And that's it. But I thought, well, I might as well check. So five years in, you know, I have maintained my weight. I mean, I know I went up at one point. No, I did weigh myself because when I knew I was going up and I was 134, but you know, I've always been the same size. And the other thing I want to say, I'm sorry, but I weigh 128. So when I was 128, 132, when I was younger and I went through this diet when my kids were younger, I was about a six. And now I can wear zeros and twos. And I am the same exact weight. And what's interesting is I would lose weight in, you know, the places that women wouldn't want to lose weight, where with the fasting, I lost weight in my waist. And I kept the weight in places that as a woman, you would like to keep the weight. So it's it's like a healthy body shape. Like it helps us to lose the fat we need to lose and keep the healthy body shape that we want to have that makes us feel you know, sexy women, right? But love who you are and know that people love you for who you are. I see my faults, but I don't see other people's faults. That's very true. And somebody tells me, oh, I gained weight. And I'm like, you're gorgeous. Like I would see things in them. I'd be like, oh my God, your eyes are so beautiful. You have the best skin. Or, but we don't see it in ourselves. And so stop wasting all that energy because you're missing everything. You're missing so much. Well, Rebecca, on that note, I'm going to say goodbye, but thank you so much for sharing your story today. I hope I didn't share too much information, TMI, but you're beautiful. Thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.